It is Tuesday, Halloween, October 31st. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The Lions win on Monday Night Football. And James Harden on the move again. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The Detroit Lions get themselves a nice win in to wrap up week eight. The Texas Rangers take a two games to one lead over the Diamondbacks in the World Series. And James Harden has been traded again. What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Well, we'll talk about James Harden playing for his fourth team since 2021, but let's Start with football. We'll tie a bow around week eight of the NFL season. The Lions beating the Raiders 26-14 last night in a game that was just one-sided, dominant, embarrassing. Like It depends on what side of the game you fall on as to what adjective you want to use. So from a Lions perspective, actually it was embarrassing for both teams because the Lions should have had probably 50 points in this game. Uh, But 26-14 the final as the Lions dominate from start to finish. Yeah, and it's funny you say dominate from start to finish. but this AJ, was, they had almost 500 yards of offense. I know, but it was also a, a, a two-point game like in the third quarter. Thanks to a stupid pick six. Uh, yeah, and, but I'm just saying. It's, and the worst red zone play calling I've ever seen. If you just flipped through and said, what's the score in the game right now? You'd say, wow, Raiders playing pretty close. <laughs> it wasn't really the case. The Raiders were abysmal in this game. And a lot of it started with and probably finished with Jimmy Garoppolo, who was – I don't even know if like there's an adjective that's, that can describe it. He was awful. Yep. For a guy who didn't throw five picks in a game, which, you know, that, that that's about as bad as it gets. I mean, you could have had a random fan come in and play quarterback and do what Jimmy Garoppolo did last night. He finishes with a QBR of 3.7. He didn't complete a pass to a wide receiver in the first half. Uh, You know, it was Austin Hooper with two catches, Josh Jacobs with two catches, uh, Amir Abdullah. Devontae Adams was targeted seven times. He had one catch. Yeah. And in the first half, he really wasn't targeted at all. The Raiders were only in this game because Jared Goff made a stupid decision that led to a 75-yard pick six. Other than that, the Lions were completely oh, the Lions lost two fumbles yes I mean on t- like they, the Lions kept the Raiders looking like they belonged in the game in the, fir- um, in the first half the Lions would get into the red zone and in goal to go situations they had two possessions one was goal to go the other one wasn't goal to go but they were like well inside the red zone so it might as well have been goal to go because if they would have gotten the first down then it would have been goal to go but in six plays in those situations prior to kicking field goals, they didn't throw the ball beyond the line of scrimmage. They ran a wide receiver running play. They ran a screen pass to a wide receiver. They ran a screen pass to a running back. And I just kept thinking to myself, you know what's you know, you know what's a good strategy to score touchdowns? Throwing the ball into the end zone. That, that usually gets the job done. I was so baffled 
by the lines and and what Ben Johnson is his name, right? McKenzie, like yes. this, he's getting all all the the accolades for what an incredible job he's done with this Lions offense. I had no idea what he was doing in the first half. I felt like the script was to keep the Raiders in the game. Can I posit a counter argument? Sure. So Ben Johnson, the much ballyhooed offensive coordinator, got a lot of heat week one, despite beating the Kansas City Chiefs. He didn't do anything. They had a pick six touchdown. They won 20-120. I said then, hey, limit Patrick Mahomes' opportunities. Do what you have to do to win the game. In this scenario, when you're getting six yards per play and your opponent's getting three yards per play, field goals are going to win. Yeah. You're not going to need but five scores to win the game. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't ding him for this performance. You know, solid. It seems like that was the game plan, that they knew that they were not going to lose this game. But – I'll tell you what, though, when the when the Raiders wind up scoring a touchdown, right, with the 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 one good drive that they have led by Josh Jacobs, it's a nine seven football game. Yeah, and at that point, there was no excuse for the Lions to only have nine points because they were marching up and down the field. It didn't make sense that they had nine points. Now, yeah. thankfully, on the next drive. You know, the, the a Jameer Gibbs drive. I mean, they go right down the Sam Laporta touchdown, and they go into the half up sixteen to seven and they don't look back even after the pick six but it just felt like a weird game the lions how many times does the team have almost almost 500 yards of offense 30 first downs and only scores two touchdowns yeah it kind of makes me wonder like how good really are the lions and we've seen them beat up a bunch of bad teams since that week one went over the chiefs but i i'm still not convinced that they're you know, the team, I, I think they're certainly the team in the NFC North, but everyone talking about trying to find a, another team in the NFC that's not called the 49ers or Eagles. And you can say, well, this team could do it. A lot of people are pointing at the Detroit Lions. I just don't know if they're that. Who do you like better to do that, to be the upsetter? Detroit Lions, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys. Yeah. Right. I, I mean, the I, numbers say it's close. I, I, I get it. But I, but I mean, I, I think that yeah. I, I'm confident. I'm more confident in Detroit's path. Because Detroit's going to win their division. That's true. I don't know if Dallas is going to win their division. Uh, in fact, I would probably bet that they don't, even though Philly's schedule gets so difficult. But, uh, yeah, D- Detroit's got the path to do it, but I think Dallas is a better team than Detroit. Also, in regards to this game last night, AJ, we cashed the same game parlay. Pew, 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 pew. Plus yeah. 500, baby. Plus 500 for listeners of Straight Out of Vegas that caught the same game parlay that we gave out. Three legs. Leg one was Sam Laporta, tight end for the uh, Lions, over four and a half catches. He finishes with eight catches. Easy winner. That was easy. Uh, Jimmy G to throw an interception. (laughs) Easy winner. Also easy winner. And then Josh Jacobs under 61 and a half rushing yards. Easy winner. No doubt about it. He finishes with 61 on the dot. Do they pay less than five to one if he only wins it by a half yard? Nope. You can still cash that bad boy. So here's the best part of this story, Mac. You weren't here for yesterday's SOV. When we were first putting this parlay together, the number was at 60 and a half. (laughs) And then when we go to put it in, the numbers change to 61 and a half. Yep. So Detroit goes into the bye week now at six and two. Mackenzie, do we have updated odds on the NFC picture as far as the, the, the odds to win? Uh, the NFC? Yeah, the NFC North starts celebrating in Detroit. You have it. You're minus 1,200 to win it. The Detroit Lions are the fourth favorite. So it goes Philadelphia Eagles plus 250. This is to win the NFC. Yes. 49ers plus 265. They're pretty close. 
Cowboys four to one, Lions plus four twenty five. Yeah. So it's okay. very close. Vegas yeah. says it's a question as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, that, the division is going to be interesting to me because um, the trade deadline is today at four o'clock Eastern. Time. Sure. Do the, do the Vikings acquire a quarterback? Does it turn their season around? Do they acquire a quarterback that's better than yeah. Kirk Cousins? The answer is no. 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 He, they, you, you're not going to find one better than mm. Kirk Cousins. And with Kirk Cousins, you are a 500 team. Yeah. Uh, the Vikings are – they're a good team. They're mm. not a contender to win the NFC North. I, I mean, it, it, even if they got the best available quarterback, and, and by best available, I'm thinking they're looking at guys like Jacoby Brissett. And if that's the best James available – yeah, you're not. You're not gonna. I, I only say that because they didn't play the Lions yet, so you still have two games against the Lions. Yeah. So you know, all you got to do is catch up two games before you play them. Two of the last three weeks of the season, it but, just seems unlikely with a backup yeah. quarterback at this. Sure, point. like of it, 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 if they had Kirk Cousins, I'd mm-hmm. give him a, a punch. I think I don't. I certainly know that line wouldn't be minus twelve hundred on the Lions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I, I think the books are on to that. That you know the the one the one team that had a reasonable chance to catch Detroit just had their quarterback blow his Achilles out, and that, that's that. Well, speaking of the trade deadline, which, again, comes our way at 4 o'clock Eastern time this afternoon, the big question is, will Devontae Adams be dealt from the Raiders? After that performance last night and after saying this after the game, we have to seriously ask this question. I honestly, I, I don't know what to say at this moment. I, I truly don't. I wish I had the, the words to, you know, to say something that's not going to get blown up in the media and, and taken out of context. So I'm going to just, uh, I truly, I just don't know. What are you feeling right now? Can you elaborate on anything going through your mind? Frustration, but I mean, that's, that kind of goes without saying. Devontae, I know you said that you know you have confidence whenever you're out there and offense's ability, but is it kind of hard to, to maintain that when the results are what they've been? No, it's not hard to maintain the confidence in our offense. It's just hard to curb your frustration when you can't put it together when you know you should. Yeah, and I get his frustrations. They asked Josh Jacobs what uh, what they can do to fix the offense, and he said, that's not my job. <laughs> uh, and when you think about what – seemed like it's McDaniels either. Well, when you think about the news that came out of Vegas this week uh, with the Raiders that – they had a meeting where everything was allowed to be discussed and everybody was allowed to speak freely about things. Mm-hmm. You don't have those meetings if everything's going great. And I think there's some real frustrations of these players with Josh McDaniels. I would trade and Devontae Adams right now. I would absolutely not do that because – Why? I, I, the re- you're, this, this, this season's going nowhere for the Raiders. Sure it's not. And, and You've you, got Devontae Adams for the long term, though. And whoever your quarterback is going forward – It'd be really nice for them to come in here and have Devontae Adams to throw to. And I don't think, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is one and done here. He's not going to be the quarterback mm-hmm. here long term. Uh, I think whoever is, it's, it becomes a much more appealing landing spot with Devontae Adams here. Sure. But it also becomes attractive to acquire a first round pick or some other assets that you can help build your team for the future. I mean, one wide receiver a team does not make. DeAndre Hopkins doesn't just make your team, right? It take, he went to Arizona. It didn't make them. Okay, now he's in Tennessee. It's not making them, although it's making Will Levis right now. But, it, you know, Devontae Adams is a, is a great wide receiver that I bet you a lot of contending teams would give up something for right now. And if you're right, if Jimmy G is one and done, that means they're going to have to eat $28 million in dead cap. That means next year isn't a year you want Devontae, you want Devontae Adams or you want to be all in. 
you're probably going to be building around a rookie quarterback at that point. Well, I would I would rather see them go out and trade for someone I, or or a quite like a quite Kirk Cousins is going to be somewhere. That's true. It's not going to be Minnesota. That's we know what that. Says. Yep. Um, so I, I think there's options out there if the Raiders decide they want to win now. My thought is just like you don't get receivers like Devontae Adams very often. They don't hit the market very often. Yep. When you do, you don't. And this team's three and five. And when you consider that they've had to play multiple games with a backup quarterback already, mm-hmm. like three and five is not the worst case. It's not like they're the Bears. It's not like the you know they're uh, they're just this disaster. They're not the Panthers. But Jimmy I mean, G just had the worst game of his career. Yeah, there's no so doubt. The trend line is not what you want. Yeah, no, you're right. But the good news is they they play the Giants next week. The week after that, they play the Jets. Yes, they can lose to two more bad teams. W- would it shock you if they were five and five? In no. two weeks? No, like, but it wouldn't shock me if they were three and seven and losing to two bad football teams. And then if that happens, guess what? You're going to have a high draft pick. You, you're going to mm-hmm. get Caleb Williams or Drake May or one of those guys, and you, you can reset anyway. But I don't know. I, I And if I had one of those guys, I'd sure love to have uh, I'd sure love to have Devontae Adams so they don't so they're not dealing with what Bryce Young is dealing with, where he's Adam Thielen is his number one guy. Or you know, uh, C.J. Stroud is my number one receiver. Is mm-hmm. Nico Collins? Like it'd be nice to have a real established number one receiver for that young quarterback to throw to. So right. Raiders were three point favorites next week. That line just repopped up. Giants now two and a half point underdogs at Vegas. Giants are two and a half, so yeah, it so it, dropped a half point. Yeah, off the three number, one and a half points are one point. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, it looks like Daniel Jones is going to be back. Yep. He's going to be back into practice. So and we know that the, we know New York's going to have the stadium next week. Yeah, yeah. I, so. Like the, the, the Raiders aren't going to have home field very often going forward. So let's talk about the trade deadline. If Will Levis is going to be the guy in t- in Tennessee, does Ryan Tannehill get moved today? I would th- no. No one wants to take on that salary okay. at, at this point. Like uh, that's the that's the problem with him. Right. Even just for the rest of this year, that's an onerous salary, and there's no upside to it. Like you. Like, nobody's going to look and go, Ryan Tannehill, can that guy make something for us? No. I mean, Will Levis threw twice as many touchdowns in one game than Ryan Tannehill had no. thrown all year. If I'm taking $46 million of cap hit from Ryan Tannehill, I'm doing the Titans a favor. they got to give me something extra. It, yeah, it would have to be like almost we, – we talked about yeah. this at the, the time. The crumb cake scenario. The crumb cake, yeah. When when Matt Stafford got traded for Jared Goff, like the the Rams had to give up more than just Jared Goff. They had to get a, give up multiple picks. It, it, maybe if the if, but I don't think I don't think the Titans are in a position that they're looking to do that. I don't think the Titans are going to say like, yeah, let's just let's because he's a free agent at the end of the year. They'll just suck it up this year. They'll figure it out. But the, if you're not getting anything for him, instead you're having to give stuff to get rid of him. Doesn't make much sense to trade him. The Cardinals have announced that it's Josh Dobbs being benched, and it's going to be Clayton Toon that's going to start, not Kyler Murray. Does that's Ky- been officially announced? Does. It's pretty, it's pretty certain it's going to be Clayton Toon. That's the reports that it's going to be Clayton Toon starting. That would explain why the line went from Browns 7 and now Browns 8.5. Yes. Does Josh Dobbs or Kyler Murray get traded? Me and RJ made a bet, so, and I hadn't thought of his full you know, matrix brain analysis, but he's like, plus 120, Cardinal, Kyler Murray plays again this season. I took the no at plus 120 as a yes minus 120. I forgot to specify... I meant no for the Cardinals. (laughs) He thinks there's an outside chance he gets traded. Maybe he could. I mean, the Jets would be a long shot in my – the Vikings are more of a realistic option in my opinion because when you're the Jets, if you take on that Kyler Murray contract, which has a lot of guaranteed money for a lot of years, what do you do with Aaron Rodgers next year? 
I, I, you're in a weird situation. So, but the Vikings don't have anything on the yep. books for next year that could be a fit for them. Uh, but it, again, what does Kevin O'Connell want? Is that the kind of is that the kind of player he's looking mm-hmm. for? Kyler Murray is a certainly a unique talent, and I think that there's a lot of guys who look at Kyler Murray and say, "Man, I could make some magic happen with that guy." And I think there's a lot of guys who look at Kyler Murray, like offensive coordinators or head coach types, and go, yeah, that's not really what I'm looking for in my quarterback. Sure. So he's, I think he's a very polarizing player. Like there's a lot of guys who want exactly Kyler Murray and a lot of guys who want anything but that. If Matt LaFleur could swap out Jordan Love for Kyler Murray, he'd do that right now. 100%. <laughs> he would do that. But I, I think the Packers are now getting to the situation where – but the Packers are interesting because the Packers hate being bad. Yeah. They don't want to, like, tank. They don't want to be a bad football team. Kyler Murray for the for the to the Packers, which is actually something I hadn't even considered until you said it out loud just now. That that might make some sense because is he going to really help? Like, is he going to turn them around this season? No, but who would you rather have for the next few years, Kyler Murray or Jordan Love? I don't even think it's a question. Packers scoring four points per first half, lowest in the NFL. Oh, they stink, man. They are so bad. Uh, a couple of players that are have been told that they're not being dealt. Saquon Barkley, not going to be traded away from the Giants, although he should be. Uh, Derrick Henry is not going to go anywhere. Although surprising, he yeah. Uh, so those players are not making moves. The Jets would love to get offensive line help if, if a team out there has an offensive line target that could be traded. Trades that already have gone down. The Seahawks getting Leonard Williams from the Giants and the Falcons getting uh, Kentavious Street from the Philadelphia Eagles. So a couple of minor deals. I mean, Leonard Williams, not that, not a minor deal, but uh, not as far, not sexy, not a sexy deal. Yeah, Seahawks continue yeah. to build that defense. I'm curious, Mac, you did the uh, the, the pod with, with Fez and RJ last night, the Monday night pod. Uh, how did they feel about that Browns-Seahawks game? The metric set is exactly the result that it should have happened. Four-point win was right. However, watching the game, the feel of the game, it felt like the Browns had it, but that's why the underlying metrics are what they are. If you actually look at the fourth-quarter win share, it was a complete toss-up. The Browns were heavily favored in the early part of the fourth quarter, but two minutes to go, the Seahawks got that 99% chance to win. What's funny is, I mean, and I, I, my, I think my handicap was correct on the game as far as, like, Geno Smith struggling against the defense, but – I mean, so was so was your and, and RJ's. That, it, it was, as Fez calls it, a, a plinko game. It yeah. was just bouncing around. Any anybody could have won either side. There was no. Uh, I was right about that game. I mean, PJ Walker is so bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and, and we knew know, this. We're not talking. Mm-hmm. Why, uh, and that's a, that's the crazy thing about Deshaun Watson's contract is we can't talk about what if the Browns trade for Kyler right. Murray. It's like no, they're the Browns already have this guy that they're married to that might give them nothing anyway. They're they're in a really really tough spot. They they need Deshaun Watson to figure out whatever he's going through and, and get his ass back on the field because right now it is bad. Uh, but that that team is too good to waste on PJ Walker. Who by the way, PJ Walker's interception uh, number was over under one and a half. <laughs> I've never, I've never it's hap- seen that. It's happened once, and that was Zach Wilson last year. Wow. One and a half. Yeah, I mean he's in that territory. Verify. Wow. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore 
your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. The Rangers defeat the Diamondbacks 3-1 last night, taking Game 3 of the World Series, and with it, a two-games-to-one series lead. Why is that important? Because... In the World Series, when the series is tied at a game apiece, the team that wins Game 3 goes on to win the series 69% of the time. Nice. That's a nice percentage. Very nice. Nice. Mac, let me ask you who the uh, the favorite or if the odds are even up for the World Series MVP right now. Because I think last night had to have been a massive shift. In who the World Series MVP Yeah, so before last night, it was Adolis Garcia and Corbin Carroll. I think it's got to be Corey Seager. It has to be Corey McKenzie. Seager. Corey Seager, minus 150. No one yeah. else is better than 7-1. to one. That would be Tommy Pham at plus 750. You know what? I'm, I, let's put that in right now. Corey Seager, minus 150, World Series MVP. That, that's, so they got to win it. They're minus 300 to win it. That's we're what saying, I'm saying. We're saying the Rangers win it. And okay. Adolis Garcia, who got hurt in last night's game in his last at bat, I, I, I don't – I mean – He's fifteen to one. An oblique injury. I, yeah, if he, if he if he didn't leave the game last night, he wouldn't be fifteen to one. I can tell you that. So give me Corey Seager minus one fifty, almost as like a a, a a place a play in place of Rangers win the World Series. I think it's. I mean, you're cutting your odds in half, and he's just been phenomenal offensively, defensively. He's been the catalyst for this team. And he's got a history of doing it before. He was the World Series MVP when the Dodgers won the World yeah. Series in the COVID year. So, oh, wait, that never happened. We, let's, don't, we don't acknowledge that. Let's lock that in. Corey Seager, minus 150, uh, World Series MVP. Seager last night hit his 18th career postseason home run that ties Carlos Correa for the second most amongst shortstops ever. 
in the postseason. Like the, the dude is just absolutely lights out when it comes to this. Comes to the postseason, he swings so hard. The exit velo was was a hundred and I saw this before one hundred and fourteen point five miles per hour. It's the hardest hit home run in the World Series in the Statcast era. It's crazy. Like that's he crushed that ball and he crushes every ball that he hits. Yeah, I wish we would have put it on him earlier, but you know, we try to pick some long shots. I mean, it was hard to go against Adolis Garcia, uh, you know, yeah. up until last night. Now, last night, Max Scherzer did get the start. Uh, Josh Towers and I on the baseball pod on this Straight Out of Vegas podcast feed gave out as our best bet under 14 and a half outs recorded. And the reason being was we wanted to fade Scherzer and his, you know, lackluster performance, but also. Scherzer was dealing with a cut on his thumb, and he's still ramping himself back up from the shoulder, you know, the scapula, the muscle that's behind the shoulder yeah. in the back. And I felt give, I felt so confident in that play thinking, you know what, he's going to overdo it because it's the World Series, it's game three, and that cut might open up. He's going to be dis- – he's going to have discomfort, and he's going to get him – even though he says, I can throw 100%. As soon as I heard Max Scherzer say, I can throw 100%, I knew that he couldn't that, that he couldn't because he was saying it. He was going to try and overdo it. And you know what? Last night, he overdid it. He left the game with back tightness after just three innings. He got hit with a comebacker in the bottom of the second inning. But that's not the reason why he left the game because the ball hit him in the arm. And he left with back stiffness. And you even saw when he uh, walked Corbin Carroll in the bottom of the third, he was doing like a little stretching on the mound. Mm-hmm. He was jostling back and forth. You can see he was physically uh, in discomfort. And Bruce Bochy took him out. And, and kudos to John Gray, who comes in and throws uh, three shutout innings in relief. So we cashed the under 14 and a half. I got nervous, though, because in the second inning, Max Scherzer was up against the ropes. He gives up to lead off the second inning. He gives up a double. And then Tommy Pham singles, and Walker tries to score, and Adolis Garcia throws him out at the plate. At that point, I'm screaming at my television. What the hell are you doing? There's no reason to run home there. There's nobody out. Nobody out. You got the heart of the lineup up. You got Max Scherzer, who has shown that he's vulnerable, who has shown that he can be hit. Worst case scenario, if you stop at third there, it's first and third with nobody out. There's instant pressure on Max Scherzer. He's got a pitch now with the threat of the steal from Tommy Pham. He's got a pitch now with a runner on third. He can't bounce a curveball, which he did uh, later in in, in the third inning, right? So, best case scenario, if you stop there, the throw still goes all the way home. They don't cut it off, and the runner, Tommy Pham, goes to second base like he did on the throw anyway. Now it's second and third with nobody out. You go look at the run probability charts, second and third with nobody out, you're going to score runs. Yeah. All right, I'm not saying your analysis is in any way incorrect or faulty. Would you be as passionate about it, though, if you didn't want Scherzer out that game at that moment? Because I know I did, holding that ticket. I, yes, I would still be passionate about it because I think the Diamondbacks lost the game there because the Diamondbacks had a chance to have a potentially big inning. Now, I'm not saying they would have scored four runs or five runs. But Scherzer would have been out, I'll tell you that much. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but the Diamondbacks, they, they didn't score that inning. Yep. So the, the, the throw was out at the plate, Guriel pops out, and then 
Alec Thomas hits the comebacker that bounces off of Scherzer, and Josh Young makes the bare hand play. Incredible throw to first base. But even if that ball is not thrown out at first base, it's first and third with two outs. Maybe they don't score anyway. But you had a situation where it could have been second and third with nobody out, and instead you don't score at all that inning. Yeah. The Diamondbacks scored one run last night. You can go back to that second inning and think, bam, you know what? That's where we screwed up. That's where we screwed up. How rare is it to run through a sign like that? The, the coach was waving him I know. in. I thought, I, thought he, I thought he had the stop sign up. I, thought I, the, I saw the, the coach broadcast. I saw the okay. coach waving his arm. I know that the announcer, Joe Davis, was like, he that's runs my, through the stop that's sign. That's what I'm basing But I watched the replay, and I, yeah. saw the, I saw the coach waving. And I just think that as a player and as a third base coach, you really got to be smarter than that. You have to understand that, listen, I got Goriel coming up, who has had success against Scherzer in the past. He can easily just hit a sack fly and score me anyway. There's no reason to run home there with zero outs. No reason. Here's my question. Had you known that Max Scherzer was going to give up zero runs, mm-hmm. would, you have, would you have made that wager anyway? Like, or did you assume Max Scherzer gives up zero? I probably lost that. Uh, I th- if you tell me Scherzer gave up zero runs, I would have said it's a coin flip. Okay. Whether, because my prediction was that Scherzer goes four complete innings and doesn't go out there for the fifth. Yeah. Now, 14 and a half would have allowed you for him to get two outs in the fifth inning, yeah. right? And maybe he runs into trouble in the fifth, and they go to the bullpen. I figured that Scherzer was not going to go. I didn't know he was going to go three and come out with, with back tightness, sure. but I figured he's going four innings. Now, if that second inning winds up being a little bit longer, Scherzer doesn't throw 36 pitches. He's probably got like 50 right. pitches in three innings. You know, like he, he got completely bailed out in that second inning, and the Diamondbacks can't afford to do that against a team that is one swing away from scoring a ton of runs against you. The Rangers have so much pop. It just feels like the Diamondbacks have to manufacture runs, whereas the Rangers just bash the ball over the wall. Can just mash it over the wall, bloop and a blast, and bam, they score two runs right there. You know, like uh, you get a guy on, you get Simeon on, bam, Seager hits a home run. It's three, it's, it's two runs right there. Tonight, I think we're in for runs. Because I mean, the Rangers, look at these pitchers, it feels like you're right. Well, it's a bullpen day for both teams. The Rangers' uh, situation got completely thrown off by Scherzer having to leave with the injury. So John Gray had to come in. Guess what? John Gray's not starting tonight now. Right. So Andrew Haney starts tonight now, and he's going to be backed up by Dane Dunning. Uh, like, where? How far has Dane Dunning falling in yeah. the? Uh... The hopes of the Rangers. It felt like in midseason he was one of their top guys. They they trusted him. Now it's like, yeah. well, they could hold him out. They're gonna piece. They're gonna piece this thing together. Maybe Dane Dunning pitches well and he earns himself the start in place of Scherzer later on in the series. Maybe. I don't know, but I think that the plan for tonight is to be uh, uh, Andrew Haney and Dane Dunning and whatever else the Rangers can combine out of the bullpen. And then for the Diamondbacks, it's Mantiply, probably uh, made up person uh, Ryan Nelson. And they're going to continue. They're going to try and piece it together with the bullpen. The bullpens have been vulnerable. Can you ever remember this? A bullpen day in the World Series? Yeah, it's the, happened a lot the, recently. The, the Rays do it yeah. almost every time they're in the World Series. They've done it. And and I think it wasn't like that in the Red Sox Yankees. No. And I think I think we're going to see runs scored uh, against both of these teams tonight because of this. Because we've seen the Rangers bullpen be extremely vulnerable. They've given up seven home runs already this entire postseason. And the Rangers' offense is just too deep right now that I don't think the Diamondbacks, as good as their bullpen has been, is going to be able to shut them down for nine innings. For three innings, yeah, your bullpen can do it. For nine, I don't think they can. Well, you say the Rangers' offense is so deep. How does that change with assuming Garcia's out for this game? Yeah, it's okay. So you move everybody up. I mean, it's still, you know, uh, 
is Jankowski going to start? Like, I got to know who, what the lineup's going to be like for them. But, all right, you know, he's got a guy like Josh Jung batting seventh yeah. or eighth, you know. Um, I think they'll find a way to piece this thing to, to piece this thing together. Um, but I like the over nine and a half. You can get it at even money right now because money is on the under because people are saying it's a World Series game and we just saw game three go under. So we have to go under game four. Because, <laughs> Good analysis. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I'm going to take the over. Uh, I'll take the even money on the over nine and a half for tonight's game four of the World Series. We got a Woj bomb last night. Middle of the night Woj bomb. Yeah, middle of the night Woj bomb was settling in to take my nap before we start recording straight out of Vegas AM. And all of a sudden, bling, 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 bling. It's Mackenzie going crazy, sending text messages because of a Woj bomb. James Harden traded from the 76ers to the Los Angeles Clippers. Mackenzie, give us the breakdown of this deal. So they keep Westbrook, they keep Paul George, they keep Kawhi Leonard. They pretty much, and this was a team that was talked about as the deepest team in the league entering last year, they pretty much said, we don't need depth. Get rid of all the wings that we have. Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, Robert Covington. It was always like, who are they going to play? Who are they going to prioritize? All three of them are gone. In their stead, they get a very... Historically inconsistent shooting guard in James Harden, and they get P.J. Tucker. So Harden now, and there's draft picks involved as well, I assume? Yes, the Clippers are also sending the Sixers a 2028 unprotected first-round pick. Remember, the Clippers sent all of their first-round picks to get Paul George <laughs> into next decade. They will not draft in the first round. <laughs> this is hilarious. Uh, and the Sixers also waived Danny Green as part of the deal, uh, part of all that stuff, so to, to create room. So I'm sure he'll land somewhere. But now you look at both of these teams, McKenzie, in the wake of this trade, how has it affected the championship odds for both and your opinion on both of these teams now? The Cl- I don't think it helps the Clippers. And I, mean, I thought the Clippers were one of the uh, up arrow teams to start the year. They were number one in cleaning the glass adjusted net rating, even though they lost a game. They were just killing the two teams in the games they played. I don't really see how James Harden helps them. I mean – I guess if he's more reliable, if he's healthier, when Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, you'll be happy that you have a superstar out there. But in the scenario that all three are healthy, I'm not sure that they're a better team than they were. You don't have to sell me. I, I, I'm, like, always called a James Harden hater because I say no, whatever team he's on, I'm just going to bet against them in the playoffs every single time. And so far, so good every single time. So when the Clippers get to the postseason, I will gladly bet against them. In every series they play. What about when they're up three two over the Celtics? I will uh, nothing bet against can go wrong them then. In every series they play, <laughs> he's not winning a championship. And and the, you just he's on his fourth team since twenty twenty one. I will say this: we saw at times last year, James Harden looked like he didn't sure. look like an MVP player, but he looked like a Solid top 20 play. player yeah, top in the 20 league. Player. Led the league in assists. And if you add that player, if if he can be that guy, you add him to Kawhi, you add him to Paul George, you might have something there. And especially on a team that is very often throughout the year missing at least one of their stars right. due to injury, being able to have him, you know, being able to still have two star players on the court at once would be a pretty big deal for the Clippers. We'll we'll see. You know, yeah. if it, you never know how James Harden's going to fit, first of all, with anybody. You've already got to deal with fitting Russell Westbrook in. Uh, it, it, it's, a, it's a hell of a, a coaching job if they can make this work because there's, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of personalities on that team. But there's certainly also a lot of talent. And 
I'm with you, Scott. I don't I don't think they they become a championship contender. Mm-hmm. But I certainly think that they can be a, a pretty damn good basketball team. Well, they're they went, certainly going to be polarizing. They went from the eighth title contender to the sixth title contender. They went from twenty to one to twelve to one. The Sixers, by the way, no movement. I guess it was expected. They went from twenty-five to one to still twenty-five to one. Looking at the odds boards, I mean, they went all in getting Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. If you would have told them in four years, finally they'll be healthy and you're the sixth favorite, that'd be pretty disappointing. Considering, I mean, they were at the top of every future power ratings list. They were supposed to be the team in a few years. It never happened. From a Sixers perspective, is this addition by subtraction now? I mean, it, it's the completion of addition by subtraction. Like, in the summer, it was pretty much announced that James Harden wouldn't be there. I think yeah. all the tea leaves were reading that way. But now if you're Tyrese Maxey, maybe you breathe a little easier knowing that. Even if you're Joel Embiid, you're breathing a little easier knowing that you're not going to answer questions about this anymore. You don't have to worry about the future. You know the team you got. You're good enough to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, I got a question for tonight's game. The Clippers host the Magic, and they're seven-point favorites. Like, that game is on the board right now. Don't you think that with this trade, like, the, their depth is is hurt and they have a short bench? And Yeah. Uh, am, am I comfortable laying seven? Are the Magic the side tonight? Magic played last night, lost a heartbreaker. The good news is they don't have to travel very far for their next game because they played the Lakers last night. Um, I, I don't know how if you weigh that in, weigh in the, playing a back-to-back, but it's in the same building. I don't know how much of a factor <laughs> yeah. that is, but uh, I'm sure there's got to be some. What do you see, Mac? So if they're even teams with the Clippers, the Lakers are, then the title, the title odds reflect that. They're both 12, 13 to 1. So we'd make this three. That's what the Lakers were hosting, the Magic. Then they're on a back-to-back, so you make it five. Where those two extra points come from, I don't know. Maybe it's just... People uh, betting them because they think Harden's going to play? Yeah, I mean, or just that I like this team now more than I did. There's no chance Harden plays tonight, right? I wouldn't think so. That's a pretty quick turn. Unless he was already in L.A. at the time. <laughs> Which of the wouldn't trade. be shocking. Yeah. <laughs> so he certainly wasn't on the plane with the uh, he certainly was. <laughs> he was supposed to practice, right? He was supposed to practice with the Sixers, but nope. Uh, just a short schedule tonight in the NBA. Just three games, including that Magic game against the Clippers. Uh, there's a TNT doubleheader, which starts... With the New York Knicks at the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Knicks are three-point favorites. AJ, you were confused by this line. Yeah, and and it turns out, well, Jared Allen's not playing. Darius Garland's not playing. uh, So it's not really the Cleveland Cavaliers. So I I felt like the Cavs were a little short. Now, knowing some of the injury situations, it doesn't feel quite as short as it did. McKenzie, the Knicks on the third game of this road trip. It's the first game of a home-and-home in back-to-back nights against the Cleveland Cavaliers. So they play at Cleveland tonight, and then tomorrow night, the two teams will play at Madison Square Garden. How do we attack both of these games? I think this is possibly a prime opportunity. So home court advantage in the NBA in the regular season is always overrated by the books. So let's say we get the Knicks doing what they're supposed to do against a banged-up Cavs team and win comfortably. Then we get the Cavs getting Garland back, maybe getting Allen back, going to MSG where all the public money is going to be on New York, that seems like the perfect opportunity to take Cleveland. So we wait to see the result of tonight's game. The immediate revenge spot always favors the losing team. So we cheer cheer for the Knicks tonight and back the Cavs tomorrow in New York. I don't want to do that. You just want to back the Knicks, 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 Knicks? I want the Knicks to win at home. (laughs) Well, the Knicks are going to win on the road. Yeah, but we want to win at Madison Square Garden. 
Why? You're not there. Would it shock you if I told you the Knicks have the worst home court advantage in the NBA historically? No, because it's all corporate. There's no. That's why no one wears jerseys. And other teams get up to go there. It's a big. It's a big deal for Kobe to go to MSG. Yes. Uh, The other game on the TNT doubleheader for tonight is the Spurs at the Suns, where Phoenix. Is a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, what's the injury situation for Phoenix? Because of obviously a fully healthy Suns team at home is probably better than six and a half against the Spurs. Well, yeah, uh, the Clippers were just nine and a half point favorites. I think most power ratings would say the Suns are about a point point and a half better than the Clippers. Looks like Devin Booker is questionable. Bradley Beal still, I guess it's not for rest purposes. He's not going to be playing. We will not make his debut in this game. Well, in this game, will Victor Wembanyama go? over his turnover prop for the fourth straight game to start his career. I feel like it's the Connor Bedard shot prop here because he had five turnovers in his debut. He had four turnovers in his second game. He had five turnovers last game. And McKenzie, the books were hanging, what, one and a half? Yeah, one and a half minus 150 on this very show. We discussed it. Shout out to Sleepy J for having that one. They have corrected. They have uh, They've so tried to two correct. and a half? Uh, we're looking at three and a half right now. Oh, it's just like it's the Bedard. Double. It's just like the Bedard. Yeah, yeah there's a, enough, <laughs> three and a half. enough of you guys. So we need four turnovers from Wemby tonight. I think he still gets it, right? I mean, he's only playing 27 minutes a game due to foul trouble. He should be playing more minutes. He should be committing just as many turnovers. That's the point of this season, to let him experiment. He's averaging his body in the NBA. 4.7 turnovers per game in the three games he has played. Do we see some... Wimby on KD, KD on Wimby tonight. Is that possible? I think so. Two of these huge bodies who play positions I mean, yeah, that huge-bodied men don't really play. The Suns don't really have a lot of other centers, so I think they will be playing KD. Be wow. That's going to be interesting to watch. For sure. And uh, another reason to fade the Clippers tonight is because tomorrow they play the Lakers. And that'll probably be the Harden debut and all the attention and focus. Uh-huh. It's an ESPN game. So tonight is the game that they don't care about where the Magic will probably go in there and win and upset them. And then, because it's like a a local broadcast or an NBA TV game or whatever. But tomorrow night, nationally televised on ESPN on a Wednesday. Oh, James Harden on the floor. Yeah, we'll break the numbers today. The Vegas flu is real. (laughs) AJ, we talked about this yesterday morning. The Chicago Blackhawks played on Friday here in Las Vegas. And we're off the entire weekend before playing last night in Arizona. And I questioned. I didn't know for a fact, but I questioned. Would they go to Arizona on Friday night or Saturday? Or at all, apparently. Or, or, yeah, why? Like, why would you, I mean, there's to what, go hang out in Phoenix? Maybe they wanted to go to the World Series, but the game is in Tempe. It's like, what, what, no. They probably stayed in Vegas and had themselves a weekend, yeah. right? Well, it showed last night as they were dominated by the Coyotes Eight to one. That was a missed opportunity. I gave out the under in that game. Ooh, it, I'm guessing it wasn't nine and a half. Yeah, only one team cooperated, and that was <laughs> oh, Chicago. Man, you know we're sleepy. Yeah, the hand, Vegas flu. Listen, my handicap was on Chicago not to score, but then I also looked at Arizona and their offense is one of the bottom offenses in all of hockey, and I figured, well, if one team's not going to score and the other team's probably not going to score. It's going to be a boring, you know, probably a 3 nothing game or 4 nothing game at the most, and it winds up being 3-1 after the first period. I would have accepted that final. Uh, elsewhere, the Golden Knights win again. Let's go. Took overtime. Well, yeah. took a shootout. It doesn't matter. Took a shootout, but a win's a win. Still undefeated in regulation. Yep. 
uh, what's that? Nine wins in their first ten games. Yes, and a point in every game. Oh, uh, come the on, overtime, baby! Uh, Loss there. So a three-two win over the Canadiens in the shootout. They are nine zero and one to start this season. And the Rangers did something that they had never done before. They swept a road trip of five games. The Rangers win all five games on their Pacific Northwest, Western Canada trip, whatever. Uh, They start in Seattle. They go to Calgary, to Edmonton, to Vancouver, to Winnipeg, and they win all five games, a 3-2 overtime win last night for the Rangers. So naturally, we fade them when they return home. Right, guys? (laughs) Uh, Let's take a look at a short schedule for tonight on the ice. Just two games. We'll start in Toronto where the Maple Leafs will host the Kings. Total in this one is six and a half. Toronto's minus 155. I mentioned the total first because the Kings have gone over six and a half goals in six of the eight games they have played this That's season. That's pretty good. The two that they didn't, there were six goals scored. Ah, okay. So they just missed it by a half a goal. There has been six or more goals in all eight games the LA Kings have played this season. They have the best offense in the NHL right now. They lead the league in goals per game, 4.38 goals per game. They're first as well in goals per 65 on five. But they're also one of the top teams in allowing goals. They allow 3.5 goals per game. It has not been good for them defensively. It's been great for them offensively. The Kings are a game where it's like, hey, Load up the same game parlays for the player props and have yourself a night. Elsewhere, the Predators are at the Canucks. Vancouver, a minus 140 favorite with a total of six in that one. Just two games on the ice tonight. Make sure you guys go to pregame.com. We have basketball packages available for you. We have college basketball, which is it's, it's here. You saw St. John's lost an exhibition game to uh, Pace. Yeah, that's not good. Pace the picante sauce. No, you know why you know why Pace won? No. It's because there's a Seidenberg school there. Oh. That's right. Oh. I named that. No, you didn't. Yeah. I uh what's it called, Mackenzie? When you no, not bequest. No, it's no, you, 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 no, you bestow, didn't. What's what's it called when like you, you have like you give something to the university so they name a building after you? Yeah. Something would it be, right? Me. Yeah. I didn't bequest it. I didn't give it to them. You know, like you I, bestowed I, it. Yeah. Bestowed. I, I don't know. Anyway. They look that up. Find the yeah, word for you. We gotta get that right. Find that word for me. Uh, but anyway, Pace yeah, defeated St. John's. Rick Pitino was brought in to fix the, the program, and he loses to a Division II school in an exhibition game. And they paid him five grand to do it. So good, good, good night for Pace. Anyway, you can go to pregame.com right now, and you can get a college basketball season all access. Or you can still buy an NBA season all access, and you can take $50 off your choice of packages. If you use the promo code FEZ50, F-E-Z-50, you don't have to buy Steve Fezzik. You can buy McKenzie. You can buy AJ. You can buy whoever. FEZ50, though, is the promo code to save $50. The reason why we call it FEZ50 is because we're still accepting entries into the Beat Fezzik NBA contest. Go to pregame.com. Click on contests. Find the Beat Fezzik NBA contest. Free to enter. Your chance to win up to $1,000 cash. For Mackenzie Rivers and AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.